Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce you today, Michael Usino, who's the Assistant Dean of Admissions for the College of Public Health at Temple University. Michael, welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, John. Thanks so much for having me. Really excited to talk to you today. It is our pleasure, and we are equally as excited to have you. So, Michael, let me ask you to tell us about yourself. How long have you been in admissions, and how did you end up in such a position? So I started in admissions in 2006, uh, actually at Temple. So I have been at Temple in admissions roles for the last, uh, I guess, 16 years at this point. Um, I always joke with with colleagues, this is one of those career paths that nobody ever planned to get into. There's, you know, there's no eight-year-old saying, <laughs> I want to do college admissions one day. Um, but I got into it uh, really kind of by accident, which I think is true of most people in this field. Um, I was a campus tour guide at Temple for four years, um, an Al ambassador, as we called ourselves. So I got that job my second week of freshman year. The plan was to become an English teacher. So that was secondary education English. Um, I did my student teaching and realized, Maybe this is not for me um, and decided I would take an admissions job since they were hiring and they offered me the opportunity to stay in that admissions office as a counselor. Uh, the plan was I said to myself, I'll do this for a year while I figure out what I want to do. Uh, and 16 years later, I've served in about five different capacities all around Temple University in recruitment and admissions. And I have absolutely no regrets. I, I love this work. I love working with students, academia. Um, so uh, that's my story about how I got into college admissions. Well, that's outstanding. And I know that Temple University is certainly very lucky to have you, as are we. So, Michael, let's get to it. What is it about Temple University that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? When we talk about Temple University, we are irreducibly, absolutely talking about Philadelphia. Uh, and that, that is... <laughs> 
That is in the DNA. Um, I mean, I was even uh, reading a review of the the movie Hustle. I'm not sure if you've seen the movie Hustle with Adam Sandler. They said, why did you feature Temple so prominently? And he said, I wrote a movie about basketball in Philadelphia. I had to talk about Temple. Um, But when we talk about Temple, it really is Philadelphia's university. It's the largest public institution in Philadelphia. Um, And Philadelphia is a big college town. I think a lot of people don't uh, realize that we've got 55 or so colleges and universities in and around Philadelphia. So it's a great college town, but it is Temple's town for sure. Um, One in eight college graduates in the Philadelphia region went to Temple University. And so we can't not talk about Temple and not talk about Philadelphia. So Philadelphia is just a great destination for anybody um, thinking about what they want to do with their four years of college. Uh, you know, those transformative years, it's a great diverse city, a lot of history, second largest city on the East Coast. So a lot of, a lot of neighborhoods, a lot of communities. Um, what, what I tell students, whatever you're looking for, whatever community, activity, hobby, interest, I guarantee you we have it in Philadelphia, um, and, and you'll find your home somewhere in this city. And Temple University itself is a microcosm of that. You know, we've got 40,000 uh, students or so on our main campus, uh, really diverse group of students from all walks of life. We've got students from every, every one of the 50 states on this campus. Um, and so just like Philly, no matter who you are, where you're coming from, what you're looking for, you'll find your home, you'll find your community at Temple University. And I think that's the irreducible value proposition of Temple University. Well, it truly sounds like there is something for everyone. And that was a tremendous introduction. We appreciate that, Michael. A lot of students ask about demonstrated interest. So Michael, what are some of the things that students can do to demonstrate their interest? In other words, If they want to go to Temple University, what can they do to display that to you? And do you track such things as part of your overall admissions process? Yeah, so if a student is interested in in exploring Temple University, just like with all things, it's going to start with with our website. Whether you find us on social, whether you go directly to temple.edu, you can sign up just to learn more. And we're going to invite you to a lot of different experiences, a lot of different options to learn more about Temple. Whether you need to do this virtually, whether you're going to fly in or drive in and come see us, we offer every which way to to learn more. Um, So that, that all starts with just sharing your name and email address a little bit more information about you and then we're going to we're going to get in touch that's that's a guarantee we leave no student uh unanswered when they come to to learn more about temple uh now whether or not we track that in the admissions process we do not and and that's just because of the size of our our applicant pool which i know we'll get into in a little bit but given how many students are ultimately applying to temple uh, we don't use the the visit or interest kind of levels in the decision process. Well, we appreciate that insight. Thank you so much. And how many applications do you review a year? And do you, Michael, represent a specific region? And by the way, any insight that you want to give in the overall application process on your side of the table would be greatly appreciated. Absolutely. So 
Temple University as a whole this year for for the fall that's coming, fall 2022, uh, we got just a little shy of 40,000 applications for admission wow. for this fall. So it's a big, big applicant pool. Now, we've got a lot of majors. So we've got about 150-some majors across the university. As you mentioned in the, the introduction, I'm specifically attached to our College of Public Health, uh, which includes all of our health, healthcare, and social work programs at Temple. Um, our college specifically got about 5,000 of those 40,000 applications for admission um, for this fall. So in terms of whether I represent a specific region, um, as the as the Assistant Dean of Admissions for the College of Public Health, I, I don't because we serve all students interested in our health, healthcare, and social work programs. Um, Temple University, our recruiters, though, are attached to the various um, regions across the United States. We actually have full-time recruiters uh, that live and work in Florida, Texas, and California. Uh, so we are certainly a, a national stage uh, recruitment office. Um, but me specifically, I don't represent a, a region. In terms of insights into that application process, um, it's what I would say is it's just a big process. We're talking about <laughs> 40,000 wonderful human beings who have said, I think I want to come to Temple and we really want to serve them uh, in this in this experience. And that's really how we try to think about it is an experience from the point of inquiry throughout the entire application process. You know, one of the things we'll tell students as they're going, as, as they're thinking about Temple is that even though it's a big place, a really big major public research university, you're not going to be a number. You're, you're going to be a name. You're going to have a lot of community, uh, a lot of connection to the campus. Um, you know, our average class size at Temple is hovering just in the high 20s, um, despite the fact that we're such a large institution. So we are very committed to making sure that that experience that they, they're going to get, that really personal experience they're going to get on campus, is represented in the admissions process. And so we've got a great team in the schools and colleges like the College of Public Health, but certainly in our central office of admissions that are that we're all ready and here to work with the students. No question too small. Um, I always have to tell students, you are not bothering me when you email me. So please <laughs> email me. Um, as I also joke, if you don't email me, I don't have a job. So please get in touch with us as much as, as early and as often as you'd like. Well, we appreciate that. Thank you so much, Michael. And what are the different ways a student can apply to Temple University? And Michael, is there a benefit to applying one way over the other? Mm -hmm. So we do offer early action uh, for every fall term, uh, but we also offer what we call regular decisions. So our early action deadline is November 1st for fall term entry. Um, the advantage is not necessarily that it's any easier or harder uh, to get in early action. Rather, it's nice because we're guaranteeing you a decision by January 16th, typically. Um, and so just to know that you're going to have that answer on or by a really specific date, I think can alleviate a lot of the anxiety about, quote unquote, when am I going to hear? Um, because <laughs> you're, you're entering almost into a contract with us when you apply early action, that you're going to get this decision no later than X date. Um, not to say that students shouldn't apply regular decision. It's certainly, we realize November 1st is a, is really early for some seniors to say, oh, I have to get this in. You know, I've only been in school for uh, two months and I'm already have to have to get these things in. If students want to apply regular decision, it's not any easier or harder to get in. It's just a matter of, it might be more of a four to six week turnaround for your decision. Um, there's one caveat I'll put on this and it's uh, talking about easier or harder. Um, as a public institution, scholarship money um, 
only goes so far. We have a lot of wonderful scholarships and we offer a lot of scholarship money to our, our students that come in uh, on the basis of merit and need. But the later you wait to apply, the less money there is. And that's just a natural timeline situation where we're offering money all year. And if you're waiting until February 1st to apply, there might not be as much money available as there was in November 1st. Well, that's great advice and tremendous insight. We really appreciate that. And Michael, of course, students usually spend four years in college at least. So visiting campus before committing to a school is so important for the student to get a feeling of the campus and surrounding area. In this case, of course, the beautiful city of Philadelphia. Taking tours and spending time on campus are things that can't easily be replicated online. So Michael, when a student comes to campus, what are the areas that they should visit and what are some questions they should be asking to help them determine if the school is in fact the right fit for them? Absolutely. I, I completely agree that the campus visit is inextricable or should be inextricable from the, the college decision process, the college admissions process. Um, nothing jars me more than when I meet a student in the fall and ask them, did you visit while you were here? Sometimes I do hear no. They didn't visit until they got here for orientation. That blows my mind. Right. Um, right. <laughs> so I absolutely think students should visit to your point because they're going to be with us for four or more years. This is going to be home uh, for four or more years. When a student does visit, obviously we, we want them to come to the campus. We've got a really vibrant 40-acre campus in Philadelphia. A lot of people, um, when we say we're in Philadelphia, we're Philadelphia's university, they think we're kind of scattered throughout the city, you know, and there are certainly a lot of urban schools in big cities like New York or Boston where you're on one block and you're on the campus and you didn't even realize you left the campus when you're on the next block. Um, <laughs> Temple is actually a very, uh, a lot of people are surprised by this, a cohesive college campus. Um, it's it. You kind of forget you're in the second largest city on the East Coast when you're walking around our, our tremendously vibrant campus. Um, so that's absolutely something we want people to come and see because a lot of people think they know what it looks like, but you, you've got to come and see it. And I think a lot of people are really pleasantly surprised about the how it really does feel like a, a real college campus. Uh, and that's because we are indeed a, a real college campus. Um, it's a big city. Uh, again, as I said, second largest city on the East Coast. So there's a lot to see and do while you're here. Um, one of the uh, one of my previous roles before I joined the College of Public Health, I was with the School of Sport, Tourism and Hospitality Management. So all we did in that school was talk about how Philadelphia is a great place to eat, you know, work and play. Um, and so Philadelphia, is, like a lot of uh, East Coast cities, is a city of neighborhoods. And there's a wonderful uh, diversity in all the different parts of Philadelphia. Uh, certainly there are, icon are iconic parts like uh, the Philadelphia Art Museum. If you want to run up those stairs and do the Rocky, the Rocky thing, <laughs> we, we absolutely encourage students to do that and, and parents to do that. Um, but we've got a really vibrant downtown, uh, the Avenue of the Arts, if you're interested in arts, uh, wonderful theaters, um, our Kimmel Center campus, wonderful orchestra, ballet, um, so that's certainly something that we encourage students to do. Obviously, we're a big sports town, so we're one of the few major cities that has all five of those major sports franchises uh, between the Phillies, the Eagles, the Flyers, the Sixers, and our, our MLS team, the Philadelphia Union. Uh, so certainly lots to do there. Um, 
you know, and we're also a big college uh, college sports town as well. So I won't name everything in that arena, but <laughs> certainly a lot of college sports. Um, obviously, there's South Philadelphia for that. A lot of storied Italian immigrant history and community. Obviously, also where you get the infamous, world famous Philadelphia cheesesteak uh, <laughs> down in South Philadelphia. Um, but there, there really is something something for everybody across this city, uh, regardless of what it is you want to study. Um, if you're a business student, you know, obviously tons of businesses headquartered here, including Comcast, which is headquartered here in Philadelphia. Um, if you're a communication student, this is the fifth largest media market in the United States. If you're in health and healthcare, this is a major hub. Uh, the country's oldest hospital at the University of Pennsylvania is right here in Philadelphia. So again, there's something for everybody across this town. So, so much to see, see and do while you're here. Well, it definitely sounds like there's something for everyone, both inside of your classrooms and beyond. And I know that the students that come to Temple are extremely happy. Michael, what can you tell me about the freshman class? What is the average profile? Absolutely. So the first thing that we look at um, when a student applies uh, via, our, via the Common Application is obviously that high school transcript. Um, in the, in you know, we certainly take a holistic approach to, to our admissions process. We want to look at the student as a whole person. But at the end of the day, we are making a decision that about whether or not somebody is going to, to thrive in an academic environment. And so the best predictor, typically, for most people, of academic success is past academic success. And so we're, we're going to look at that high school transcript. Uh, for the students that are starting in the fall, they, they on average had a, a weighted GPA of between 3.4 and 3.5. Um, we, we are test optional institutions, so some students did take uh, the SAT and ACT. For those that took it, um, and it is a minority of our applicant pool uh, for the last couple of years, but for those that took it, um, they had a, on average in the high 1200s on the SAT, high 20s on the ACT. Uh, but again, the, the majority of our, our students that we brought in did not take the SAT or ACT. So when we're looking at that GPA, if a student did apply without a test score, we're going to be looking at um, a lot of different factors, including you know activities, leadership, sports, working while they were in school um, to really get that holistic profile. But first and foremost, it is the high school transcript by far that, that constitutes the bulk of our admissions decision. Well, we appreciate that overview and thank you for talking about the test optional nature of Temple University. And so if a prospective student falls a little below the current freshman class's average, what are some of the things that they can do to enhance their overall application? Yes, yeah, so I, I think this is where things like uh, a really uh, intentionally thought out essay uh, can come into play. Um, because the, the one thing I'll always tell students is the essay is a great opportunity to explain anything that you don't want us to make assumptions about. So if a student had a, a rough freshman year and that's why they've got a 2.9, 3.0 instead of that 3.5, if you don't talk to us about the context surrounding that, we're not going to know. Um, you know, it's not to say that we're going to assume you chose to do poorly, but if we don't have any other information, there's there's not much else we can do. So really using that essay as an opportunity not to explain, not to excuse, but to provide color commentary, to provide context, I think is really important. Uh, this is also where maybe being intentional around recommendations can help as well. Um, 
I think one of the things I've seen in my career, and, it, and I think it's too common, you know, and I, and I was guilty of this when I went through the college admissions process. I'm doing really well in this class, so I'm going to ask this teacher to write me a recommendation. As an admissions counselor now on the other side, when I look at that transcript and I see that you got an A in English from Mrs. Smith and I have a letter from Mrs. Smith, more often than not, and I don't want to scare any students, but I already know what that letter is going to say without reading it, right? You got an A in the class. You were obviously doing well. You were well liked by the teacher. You got a good working relationship. So I kind of already know. I would say some of the most meaningful recommendations come from students where they maybe struggled a little bit in that class, uh, and they actually had to do the extra credit, do the extra work, meet with the meet with the teacher after school, um, took advantage of tutoring at the recommendation of that teacher. Even if they ultimately only ended up with a C plus in that chemistry course, that tells me a tremendous amount more about that student. Uh, so being intentional about those re references and recommendations can also go a long way for a student whose GPA might be a little shy. Uh, the other thing I'll mention is that one thing we'll always tell students um, is that it's never if you can come to Temple, it's a question of when you can come to Temple. Uh, the worst thing that can happen to a student who applies for first year admission uh, is that they don't get in, but when their their letter comes to them, it says, you're not, we're not able to admit you right now, but if you take 15 or more college credits at any community college or hometown community college, and you get a 3.0 or better, you can come to us the next, the, the next term. Uh, and so that's something that we wanna make sure that students know is that, High school is not anything that can't be undone uh, by maybe starting out with with a community college. Well, those are great insights. I really appreciate what you talked about in terms of the teacher letter of recommendation. A lot of students do go to that teacher where they received an A. And so you're right, as an admissions person, you kind of already know what that teacher is going to write about if a student did so so well in that class. But if there's a class where maybe you got a C plus or whatever the grade is, you know, lower than than an A, to get a letter from that teacher so that he or she can talk about what you did to try to overcome, to improve. Did you go to extra help? Did you take initiatives in the class and what have you? So I really appreciate that. That's great advice. And I hope that the students and their parents are listening. <laughs> Michael, does Temple accept AP? IB or dual enrollment classes for credit? Yes, all of the above. Um, so for AP, IB, uh, those uh, obviously for AP, they have to take the exam. Um, we have to get those scores directly from the college board, so not necessarily reported by the high school, um, similar to how SATs might work. Uh, IB, same situation. We need those scores and exam scores directly from IB. And then for dual enrollment, also uh, absolutely acceptable, um, accepted, I should say. It's just that we need a transcript from the credit-granting institution. So again, it can't just be on the on the high school transcript. If it's through, you know, if you're here in Philly and you're taking, you're in high school and you're taking a class offered through your high school via Montgomery County Community College, we're going to need the transcript from Montgomery County Community College to get you the credit um, applied to your, to your transcript once you start. Understood. Thank you so much for that overview. And speaking of the transcript, but I mean the high school transcript, Michael, do you use the student's GPA as indicated on their transcript or do you recalculate using your own metrics? And if so, any insight that you could share would be greatly appreciated. 
Absolutely. So yes, we do use a recalculated GPA, which for us just allows us to level the playing field across 40,000 applicants. Uh, and as you know, John, every high school does its own thing with, with transcripting. <laughs> Uh, and waiting and things like that. So this is just to ensure really even-handed fairness across all of our reviews. So we do recalculate. Um, the way that we do this is through a self-reported or self-entry transcript. Um, so when a student submits their application to Temple via the Common App, they'll get contacted by Temple with a link so that they can enter self-enter their transcript. And that system is going to automatically recalculate um, to weight only AP honors courses um, uh, to, again, make sure that we have a, an even playing field for all of our applicants. Well, we appreciate that, Michael. And how important are students' grades in senior year? And can you give an example of why you would request a student's mid-year grades, of course, in senior year? So more often than not, senior year grades are not typically used uh, in, in the decision process, especially if you're applying early action, right? So if you're applying by November 1, you met, might have first quarter grades available, probably not. Um, and so we might not even have senior year grades uh, when, you, when you apply early action. But if, you're, if, you're junior, if your freshman through junior year GPA is really strong, we're not going to look at senior year or even ask for it. Where senior year grades might come into play is, if, you know, we just talked about that student that might be a little bit below uh, what we what we typically require. They had a rough ninth or tenth grade, but junior year looks good. Um, we might say, you know what, we're going to hold your application until we get your first semester grades. And so that would be the situation um, in which we might look at senior year grades and use them. And I think it really speaks to our office's ability, our Temple's office's ability to. Uh, really treat the student holistically. You know, even with 40,000 applicants, we're still looking at that individual student to say, I wanna see more. I wanna learn more before we make any final decision. We appreciate that. And speaking of the holistic process, obviously the essay is another big piece. Michael, what are some examples of college essays that really stuck with you? Absolutely. So I'll, I'll speak to this from, my, from the perspective of my current role in the College of Public Health, uh, where we are offering programs uh, including areas like nursing, uh, social work, uh, speech language and hearing science, um, public health. You know, a lot of the reasons that students might pursue uh, fields like that is because they've had a really unique and sometimes off, often a very personal experience that, that really changed their, their, either their worldview or really changed them. And that's making them think about dedicating their career to one of these fields. And so some of the essays that I've read about, you know, uh, you know a student having a, a sick uh, grandparent uh, who suffered a stroke and they had to work with a speech therapist to regain their speaking abilities. And the fact that they watched that up close and got involved with it because they wow. cared about grandma or grandpa, you know, and that's why they want to do this for, their, for a living. That's why they want to sure. do this for the rest of their life. Sure. It's really powerful to hear real stories um, and let and kind of let the experiences speak for themselves. Uh, you know, I, I think, I, you know, some of the essays where students really trying to sell themselves might kind of strike us, strike the wrong chord because it's it's not about putting, you know, presenting a, a version of yourself so much as we want to hear from you. We want a real a real voice here. Uh, we want to know what, what's making you tick in this situation. And it's these unique experiences that I think really compel a student. Um, you know, essays that I've read about students who 
maybe went through childhood cancer situations and the nursing staff at a hospital that they worked at just were wonderful people and that they absolutely need to become a nurse. It's nurse or nothing. Right. And because they had these wonderful experiences, um, even though they were in bad situations, I mean, nurses are seeing you generally at the worst points in your life in some of these situations. But if they are able to, you know, and I've heard students say this in their essays, if they're able to make that person smile on that day, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the kind of work I want to do. And so essays that really convey that understanding of how important a given field is or how important the work they want to do is, and whether that's in health, you know, the, the college I work in, health and healthcare and social work, or whether it's our wonderful art school, the Tyler School of Art, you know, a really unique, compelling experience that has made them need to become an artist, or, you know, running a lemonade stand and having it take off, and that's why they absolutely have to be a business major. I mean, these are all <laughs> things that I think really are are compelling for us because we're not just looking at you being admitted to Temple; we're also looking at you matched up to this major that you you've decided on so i think being able to convey personal stories um is really where students should focus their essay well those are great examples obviously we really appreciate it michael thank you so much for the insight and do you offer supports for students that may have had an iep or a 504 while in high school and if so michael could you just elaborate a little bit Absolutely. So students who have done an IEP in high school, um, if they want to provide it as context around certain performance or certain grades in classes that they got uh, in classes that they took, uh, they can absolutely send those to be part of their admissions application. Um, And so uh, that context can be helpful, particularly for students kind of right on the cusp or a little bit below to be able to see the IEP and see, you know, comments from the teachers and the counselors about how they develop this individualized education plan um, can be really helpful to us on the decision front. Um, Now, for students that have an IEP, if they are accepted to Temple, those are also things that we can use to make sure their experience as a student at Temple um, is as accessible to them as it needs to be, um, as a accommodating as as, uh, as as it can be for that student. So we have a wonderful Office of Disability Resources and Services at Temple that will work with the student from the beginning of their freshman year through senior year, help them work with individual classes and professors and experiences to make sure that their individualized educational needs are accommodated in all their classes across Temple. Thank you so much, Michael. And what about students aspiring to play sports in college? What advice do you have for prospective student athletes in terms of letting their intentions to play known? Absolutely. So one of the hats I wore at Temple for for a year or so was as the athletic liaison for our Office of Admissions. And so working with our students that were being recruited as athletes. Um, As you know, John, Temple University is a Division I institution. So we are a big, big, big athletics operation at Temple. And so and to that end, we really want to work on a coach-to-coach basis. Uh, so what I advise all students who are interested in playing Division One athletics at Temple uh, to do is to have their coach contact the coach for our sport at Temple directly. And it needs to be a coach-to-coach conversation about the student's interest in the sport. Uh, so students and parents should not be contacting coaching staff uh, at, at most Division One institutions. It really should be a coach-to-coach situation. 
Well, that's great insight and advice. We really appreciate that, Michael. This has been a tremendous conversation. Thank you so much for your time and your insight. It leads us, Michael, to our last question. So in conclusion, what are the top three pieces of advice you would give a student and their parents getting ready for the college admissions process? So number one, obviously, do as many campus visits as possible. Uh, I think that's something that if I could do my college search over, uh, I would visit far more colleges, not because I necessarily needed to apply to more colleges than I did, but rather because every college campus is so different. I think working in higher ed now and going to see, going to visit colleagues and going to conferences across the country at various institutions, you just see how diverse and unique every college campus is. And it kind of makes sense why, you know, a certain student gravitates towards that campus. I mean, it's, these campuses are really built, um, for a specific student in mind. And and so I think visiting as many as you can, um, even if you're only think you're remotely interested, go and visit. You never know. Um, you never know the feeling you get when you step on campus. Just make sure it's not raining because nobody goes to a college that they visited in the rain, uh, as I joke. <laughs> uh, but, um, but visiting as many colleges. Second, asking as many questions as possible. I think um, you know, I think especially having done this for about 16 years, I think at first when in my first couple of years as an admissions counselor, I'd be at those open houses or on the road and I'd get really nervous when a parent was asking a lot of questions like, do they think they're trying to trip me up or anything like that? But as I've gotten older, I realized, well, this is because this is their precious, precious student. <laughs> uh, and they want to get all the questions answered. And, and I have no problem with that now. Now I want them to ask questions. If anything, it's the opposite. I get really nervous when I end an open house and nobody has any questions. Um, so ask as many questions as, as you can. Also, I would say uh, really do some some homework before these campus visits um, to see who who else is maybe up for meeting beyond just that office of admissions. Uh, so for example, in the College of Public Health, you know, maybe a student's coming for the, the normal regular campus visit, which we offer Monday through Friday, twice a day. Um, but if a parent or student does some homework and says, you know what, I do wanna meet the program director, the faculty member for the speech language hearing science program. I can tell you right now, that person on our team would jump at the chance to sit down with a student and parent and talk <laughs> all things speech language hearing. Same for nursing, same for social work. And so our faculty uh, are really interested in talking to students. And so reaching out to them is, is completely acceptable. The worst thing that happens is they don't answer because it's summertime and they're teachers. And so they disappear during the summer, just like any other teacher. Uh, but reach out uh, and ask as many questions as possible. And lastly, um, I would say, you know, really be uh, be curious about the process, too. Um, I, and I, I, what I mean by that is feel free to ask us what we do with a transcript. What like what do you basically the questions you're asking me today, John, I would be totally open to answering these questions directly in a, in a conference room with a student and, and their parents. Um, not just about what what little Johnny's interested in doing, but just, you know, how does this process work? How do you guys do this thing? And and I think any good admissions counselor would be very happy to you know, kind of peel back the curtain from this admissions process. Uh, I know you're doing wonderful work with this podcast because I think college admissions is a little mysterious. People don't really know how it works. Um, and so I, I invite parents to be really direct and, 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 inquisit and inquisitive about how does this work. So 
visit as many campuses as you can, ask as many questions as you can and amongst as many people as you can, and be curious about this process and, and share that curiosity with us. Well, Michael, I really appreciate that insight. And I also am very happy that you talked about don't hesitate to ask questions, whether it's the questions that we're talking about here on the podcast or anything that you have in mind. And the fact is, all college admissions representatives are so accessible, which is why I put the podcast together, because when I was going through it with my own daughters, and I have two of them, that became ever more clear to me. So I thought, why not put something like this together to frankly help students and their parents understand that, in fact, you are there to help them. That is your job. Your job is to talk about Temple. Your job is to answer their questions and hopefully get them to apply and ultimately attend your awesome school. Michael, this has been tremendous. I am so happy, as I know it's going to help so many students and their parents. I cannot thank you enough for your time and your insight today. I hope to have you back again soon. Thank you so much. You're welcome, John. I'd love to come back. And again, you're doing wonderful work. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.